When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's The Middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. I know Anthony Weiner for a long time. He was a really bad guy. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. Anthony Weiner, um, I'm not a big fan. It's The Middle with Anthony Weiner. I'm Anthony Weiner, and thank you for meeting me in the middle, an hour every Saturday at 2 o'clock when we take some steps away from the hot takes of the far left and the far right and try to bring some context to the news of the week or a subject that doesn't find its way into the middle of the conversation enough. So grateful that you're along. I'm here with you until 3 o'clock. Then Curtis Lewa comes in for left versus right. He is going to take maybe a small break from his breaks in the Long Island murders. We're going to talk a little bit about Eric Adams wants to literally stand at the border with flyers. I mean, I love the man. I want him to be a success, but Curtis and I are going to talk about that a little bit. It's great to have you along. Ava on the board, Jake on your calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. You can reach out to me directly at at Rep Wiener on Twitter, at Anthony D. Wiener on threads, which is apparently – what all the kids are doing nowadays, Wiener, W-A-B-C at gmail.com. So it's a great, uh, great week, kind of an exciting day for me and Jordan's mom. To, to, uh, tomorrow morning is visiting day at Jordan's camp. They get one visiting day. We may actually wind up bringing him home. That's just, we're going to see. I'll give you an update next week. He's supposed to stay another three weeks, but he's been dealing with some minor health issues. But one of the things about the, about visiting day is that the kids get to ask their folks to bring whatever foods they want. Like it's the one day to kind of get outside food. Reminds me when I was in prison, it was also the one the thing about getting visitors is you can buy food in the machines in the, in the visiting room in prison. Which I know you're saying microwave hamburgers don't sound great, but when you've been eating prison hamburgers, they're pretty good. But anyway, so, so the problem is that, we go pick up Jordan. We go meet with him um, in the morning. It's first thing. So, like, it's upstate New York. There's no place to kind of get anything that he would want. He's asked for Shake Shack. Um, 
So I have to, on the way up there, get him Shake Shack, including a shake, and and then somehow preserve it until tomorrow. I don't know. But but uh, Huma left me in charge of this, and so now I've got to get it right. So I've got my friend Kevin lives in, in upstate New York. He's going to try to help me with this. Hopefully it works out. Very excited to see him. Haven't seen him in a while, obviously, and, and he's had a little bit of a struggle this summer. Um, but I'm excited to, to leave, uh, here and then go up and see him. Um, also kind of a weird, a weird thing I did. Many of you, and I just want to thank you. So many of you have dropped me notes over the last month of, you know, the, the month has now passed that we, we do mourning for my late father. And in the house I grew up in where my dad, um, my dad lived until his passing, there is a wall safe in their, in their bedroom. And I've known it was there kind of in the back of my consciousness since I was a kid, but it was never a source of great curiosity. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know why. You would think that maybe when you're growing up in that house, you'd be like, I wonder what's in the safe. I wonder what's in the safe. Well, um, I went over there and uh, we found out he left. He, he, he did a lot to leave his affairs in order. And one of the things he left the, uh, the combination to the safe. Um, we moved the, I moved the, Art that was in front of it, and sure enough, my dad wanted to make sure of everything. He had left the safe. I was so excited to kind of do the ceremonial unlocking the safe. It was open already. It was already unlocked. I just had to pull it open. And there's some amazing stuff in there, some great relics. A lot of it was from his father, my grandfather, Mike. A lot of his union cards and stuff. He was um, he was the first wiener to be born here. My great-grandfather, his father came here in the 1890s, Wolf Wiener, and my grandfather repaired elevators. He also there was a, a chauffeur's union. He did some driving. He he was a, a kind of a an engineer of sorts, not an educated one, but a really really good with his hands and really and so a lot of like old documents from his union positions. And so I wish I would have had this when I ran for office because I because like six different unions he was represented in there. It seems. Uh, mostly the electrical workers, it seems, and hotel workers, because he repaired he repaired elevators in the Plaza Hotel. Um, I remember that. I remember him taking me into the Plaza Hotel and on the elevators and explaining to me stuff. But so a lot of that. But there was also money in there, and I think I'm rich. Well, not me, my brother Jason, you know, other whatever. I find in there some silver dollars from the 1890s. Um, not in great shape, so I'm sure that matters. And I go online, and it turns out, frankly, there are a lot of silver dollars. Like every every old Western that you saw laying coins down on the bar, it's like a, probably one of them. So there are a bunch of those in the 1890s. If anyone knows any about this stuff, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. But the thing that got my attention was a 20,000 peso note from the Bank of Mexico, 20,000 pesos in one note. I actually have it with me. I should post it or something online. And I became very excited about this. And I started to do some research on 20,000 pesos in today's – Eva, can you look that up? What is 20,000 pesos in, in dollars today? So I'm, I'm, I'm putting it into all these conversion websites, which are you can get any of them, and I'm like getting really excited about this. And then I do a little bit more. And so the first link I open, 
$1,177. Ava just looked up. Here's the problem is apparently in the 1990s or something, the Mexican government withdrew all its money and then reissued it in the same, in the same currency in pesos. So I have a 20,000 peso note, but I don't think based on my little bit of research, it's worth a whatever $1,400 or whatever. Well, I say I have it. I mean, I got to, my brother's actually in charge of this stuff. I've got to probably turn it over. It's not whoever found it. Um, so I'm either rich or not. I can't really tell because, and then I made some calls. There's no Bank of Mexico here in New York. I figured there would be. So I sent an email to the Mexican consulate. Tell me if this is worth anything. They're not calling me back, but so that is what I found. Some very interesting things I found in there. And, um, at the same time doing a little research, Kitty's helping with me with some research on, on, on the genealogy of my great grandfather. So it was some interesting things. This reminds me of a, of a funny story. I'm, I, I really have to get on with the show. I'm just doing one other thing. So my dad, apparently, you know, he had coins in the safe. He had some old currency, whatever. It doesn't seem like anything of great value, but it reminds me, I guess I didn't fully realize this. My dad was a little bit of a collector of stuff, thinking that it would get more valuable. And the most famous story about that in our household, and if Jason's listening, he probably knows where I'm going with this, is when Jimmy Carter was in office, he too had a family member that was problematic. And it seems like presidents seem to have those. And he had a brother called Billy. And Billy seemed like a nice enough fellow. I don't really know the story fully, but he was a little bit of a problem, whatever. Um, and he came out with something called Billy Beer. I don't know if anyone is going to remember this. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. It's Anthony Weiner. It's the middle. And so he got a case of Billy Beer and he stashed it away in our closet. Um, and so Billy Beer must have been, so Jimmy Carter's elected in 1976. So figure in that realm, 76, 77, 78, something like that. It was probably before Jimmy Carter's popularity plummeted, inflation went through the roof and everything else. So let's figure 77, 78, something like that. Billy Beer. And we, we had it in the closet forever. And then years go by, decades go by. eBay becomes a thing. And kind of this running joke, like, let's see if this Billy Beer, is worth anything. And uh, so we go and get the Billy Beer out of the closet. And the cans, I think I'm telling the story right, the cans of the case, one six-pack was gone, and the other cans had somehow been surreptitiously drained of their beer. My late brother Seth <laughs> had drank the Billy Beer. And I remember my dad was not happy about this, but it made for great Thanksgiving stories. So somewhere, I think in the same house that I found that safe in, there are empty Billy Beer cans that, um, that my late brother Seth of blessed memory, um, somehow drained. And so that's the other collectible story, um, from my, from my household. Uh, so let's get to, the, uh, before I do the numbers of the week, I, one other thing this week. I, um, I appeared on a, a wackadoo podcast. I kind of regret it's, I'm up torn by it. It's, it, it turned out to be a conspiracy podcast. And I guess I should have done a little more research to learn that. I guess I was kind of surprised, had a bunch of followers and everything else, but it was, 
it, it's a it's an important reminder for me. You know, we're in the kind of media here at WABC seven seventy Talk Radio that we have a business model, and John Katzmatidis and and Chad Lopez and Margaret Lee of doing n- doing news and opinion, but not making. You know, I sometimes will disagree, but like not making up crazy stories to try to get as many crazy eyeballs as we want. Yet people who do YouTube shows, that's they don't care. If they get a million people who believe some crazy theory, they'll lean into it. And I'm okay. You know, I, I I'm okay with these conspiracy theories. People want to be make themselves great, but when they bring in, they become dangerous. And those of us here in New York know how infuriating kind of 9-11 denialists are because we know people in our lives who died on that horrible day. And to dishonor them with crazy stories, you know, to dishonor the NYPD, you know, people who commit suicide saying, you know, and this particular jackass of a host, he's like reading a list of people with this theory that, that Bill and Hillary Clinton killed them. And a lot of them were military families. A lot of them were people like just anonymous names and he insisted on reading them out loud. And I hate bullies. You know that. That's one of the hallmarks of my career. Sometimes I overreact, but I hate bullies. I hate people who, if you want to take a run at me, that's fine. You want to take a run at the Clintons, whatever. But when you start naming individual civilians who have obviously lost someone, they're on this list, even though the names, the guy couldn't tell me who they were. I didn't know who they were. When I asked him to quote the website, it was like some deep web kind of thing. So I kind of regret going on because it elevates the thing. On the other hand, spanking one of these guys on his own show was kind of fun, I must admit, <laughs> like that kind of thing and kind of calling him out on that kind of stuff. And he, you know, um, and like taking one of these alpha guys who, who takes pleasure in demeaning people because he has a microphone and kind of taking them down a notch was worth it. But I regret kind of doing, I'm not that guy anymore, like who likes fighting that much and, um, so that was the other thing that happened this week. But let's get on with the show. Numbers of the week. Each week, I like to do some numbers that perhaps escape notice or bring context to some other issue. First one, $38 million. That's how much the IRS said that they were able to claw back from 175 high incomes tax cheats so far this year. They're putting out this number because there's this fight over whether we should bolster the Internal Revenue Service, and this was a bunch of rich people who hadn't paid their taxes. None of them are going to jail, by the way. It sounds from all these stories. But they, you know, you know, if you, if you believe that people should pay their fair share of taxes, and you believe that people like Hunter Biden should pay his taxes, then you gotta let the IRS do their job. So they brought in a bunch of money this year. Um, 20 to 30 percent. That, the British Petroleum, they changed their commitment to lower its emissions by 2030. They had said 35 percent. They now said they're only going to get 20 to 30% lowering by 2030. The reason I mention this is this week on the Middle Unplugged, the other podcast that I do, we talk a little bit about what's going on and whether, how Joe Biden should be, you know, look, there, we, something's going on with the temperature in the country. Something is going on with the, the heating of the globe. We have the, this is the hottest, the hottest week or month or days that we've had in, in our world's history. I heard Steve Moore a little earlier. How do they know how, how hot it was? The way they know is not with a thermostat, my brother. They know it based on science of how much carbon was captured in the ground. It's a thing you can do. Um, it's science. <laughs> I know it's offensive to some people, but it's science. Um, next, 11. 11 of 26 House districts in New York State are controlled by Republicans. 11 of 26, like 45%, I guess whatever it is. 
That may change because it hasn't got a lot of attention. I think I'm going to devote an episode to it soon. But the courts have kind of come in and said the districts that were drawn last time in 2022, they were only temporary. Now they have to get redrawn again. So the Democrats are going to have another bite at the apple, and they are going to go hog wild gerrymandering these districts. Let's see if they do the same thing they did last time, which become too piggish about it. I'm in favor of using whatever tools you got. Every other state is doing it. Democrats should do it here the same way Republicans did it in Texas and Florida and other places. But what we learned is that the Democrats in New York State are get they're too piggish even for their own good. So that may change. 1859, that is a year. That is the last time that we didn't have a Senate-confirmed commandant of the Marines. The commandant of the Marines stepped down. We have an acting one, but Senator, Senator Tuberville of Alabama is holding up all promotions of all military personnel at this point. So... Rank and file people are getting caught up in it. Their families are getting caught, getting caught up with it. And, um, so is the, even the commandant because that has to be acted on by the Senate. And so the next time you hear the Republicans say they're, they're pro-military, let them explain that. And, um, before we go to a break, I'm going to give you the final numbers of the week and then I'm going to explain why I think we should talk about them anymore. These are the polling averages as of today in the swing states in the presidential campaign. Talk all you want about the national numbers. Talk all you want, you know, about the Trump bump from his indictments and, and whatever. Um, but here are the, the polling average in the individual states. Remember, an election for president is 50 individual elections. In Georgia, the Democrat Biden is leading by 0.2%. The average is there. Arizona, the Democrat is leading the Biden by 1.2%. Pennsylvania, Biden is leading by 1.5%. Michigan, Biden is leading by 1.6%. Wisconsin at 7.3%. Biden, I actually explained this on the show before, how the Republicans have completely screwed up Wisconsin. So that's a little sad. But, and to give you an, a, an explanation of why I'm reading this and why I'm going to talk about this when we get back from the break. Had voters in Pennsylvania, which now is a 1.5% margin, Michigan, which is now a 1.6% margin, and Wisconsin, which, as I said, is that's a little bigger, cast uh, their ballots for Clinton rather than the Green Party candidate. Clinton would have become president in 2016. And if anyone wants to call in who even knows who the Green Party candidate was in, in 2016, they can do it. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. So while we're all focusing on RFK and what crazy thing Chris Christie said and, 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 and Vivek and these other things, we are not looking at the right place. We are not looking at the guy I'm going to play you some tape from when we get back. It's the middle. So great to have you along and we'll see you on the other side. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.
Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Uno. He's your numero uno. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC. Jeremiah was a bullfrog, was a good friend of mine. And welcome back to the middle. That's Three Dog Night. Three is going to be our theme for our music today, as it is our theme for our show. We're talking about third parties. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Jake will take care of you. He's on the phones. Ava is helping us out on the board, and Kevin is kind of supervising things. I'll be here till 3 o'clock. Curtis Lewa is fired up on left versus right about his nemesis, Eric Adams going to the border and trying to try and like turn people around, I guess, or direct them to Montana. We'll see how well that goes. But anyway, getting back to the conversation that we're having, I, I think I made the argument that, that we already knew that these, these races, these states are very close. And so third party might have some influence. But before we get too far out over our skis about that subject. Let's get some context here. Third party is not going to win. A third party is not going to do that much damage nationally. I know there's a lot of attention. There's no labels thing. And there have been some polls that came out recently that showed them doing surprisingly well. The further we are away from the election, the more that unpopular can, more unpopular candidates become and the more people like looking for alternatives. Nobody, this is going to approach 2016 levels of people not liking either candidate or not Maybe not liking is the right because they disliked Hillary and they dislike Donald. I don't think that they are disliking Biden. I just think they're concerned about his fitness. So well, there's a lot of attention. The no labels thing, it's going to get a lot of attention. I don't consider it to be that relevant at the, at this stage. People say they're looking for other things. Yeah, we know that, but people come home. By and large, Democrats come home and Republicans come home. And all the attention going to RFK, I mean, look, there's, it's all, there's a certain fascination with him among a certain group of people, mostly, you know, middle-aged white guys who remember the Kennedy name, who think this guy's interesting, mostly among Republicans. He's getting, he's now polling at like two or 3% among Democrats. So he's not really relevant and he's not a third party. He may, he may be a primary person and I think that we should pay it down. I think he should, we, um, Biden should get on a stage and debate him. I get it. And there's a lot of attention paid to the other primary candidates against uh, Donald Trump. And there's just this general, what I call the backup quarterback fascination that people have. They always want, they always think that the guy who's on the sideline would be a better candidate than the guy who's in there. But what happens is in today's world, if you're a candidate of a major party, half the country hates you. Period. <laughs> That's the way it is. Half the country hates you if you're, and so you wind up winning 55, 45 or by nine, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine million votes like Hillary, you know, uh, uh, had over 
I think she had closer to, well, she had, I think she had about that over Trump and about the same was Biden. Maybe he was a little bit more over Trump, but it comes down to these states that are narrow wafer thin margins. So in 2016, a woman named Jill Stein, Kevin said he had it. I think he looked it up, but I'm just suspicious. A woman named Jill Stein ran on the green party line. Other, unlike other party lines, like libertarian, for example, green party line polls directly from Democrats. And Jill Stein was the difference in 2016 in terms of the margin. Just if Jill Stein in 2016, do you know who demanded a recount in, in, in a couple of those states? Jill Stein did because her supporters, I mean, she raised money for a recount. She's just a phony. But anyway, in 2000, Al Gore lost the election because of Ralph Nader in Florida. So this time it's going to be different, right? Well, what if the Green Party put up someone who was actually kind of interesting, who actually was pretty good at this, um, was actually had kind of made a career of being pretty good and interesting and dynamic, and take a listen to a few, about a minute of the Green Party candidate in 2024. I come from a tradition where I care about you. I care about the quality of your life. I care about whether you have access to a job with a living wage, decent housing, women having control over their bodies, health care for all, the escalating, the destruction of the planet. The destruction of American democracy. All right. Well, that's you, you get the, the idea. That's Cornell West, college professor, provocateur, and you know by the music. Ava didn't put the music underneath that. That was from his campaign ad. So if it sounded jazzed up, it's that's why. And and every single last one of his votes is coming from Joe Biden. And if you're in a college town in Michigan, or a college town in Wisconsin. I can see him, again, he's not going to get 6%. He's not going to get Ross Perot nationally. But you don't need to. We are focusing on the wrong problem if you're Democrats. We're staring at these head-to-head numbers. We're obsessing about Donald Trump's recent legal problems. And we don't really, and we're looking like no labels. What's going to happen? Where's that going to cut from? By the way, there's a poll, a Monmouth poll that just came out that actually asked about the third party, uh, this no labels thing. And interestingly, when they say just a generic ticket, a third party that is, you know, an independent party, it, it you know, it, it does pretty well, like a 30%. As a matter of fact, it does better in a three way than Donald Trump does. If you just say, a generic third party, um, then Biden gets 37, Trump gets 28, and the third party gets 30%. Once you put names in it, and they put Manchin, a senator from West Virginia, Huntsman, former governor, from a Republican governor from Utah, then it gets more normal. Then it's 40% Biden, 34% Trump, and then 16 third party. No third party is going to get 16, 20, whatever it is, percent. And they can get all, they're going to get all the attention you watch between now and the next, you know, few months. They're going to have a convention in May or something of next year. You, they're going to get a lot of attention. They got a lot of money behind them. It's the wrong focus. People come back from third parties, but these kind of niche parties that have this clear branding and a great spokesman like Cornell West. I tell you, Democrats are whistling past the graveyard. This could be a real problem. 
because he doesn't have to pull a lot. If you get back down to remember Georgia, Georgia, you know, remember Arizona? These races were tight and they're tight today. It's 1.2% in Arizona right now. And I don't see much that's going to change that. So that's my little riff about third parties. You want to, and I let everyone, I love Chris Christie taking shots at Trump, RFK taking shots at Jews and taking shots at, at de- Democrats uh, being called by the Republicans. Uh, yeah, you got these troublemakers. I don't, I'm not denying it. I just don't think they have any, they don't matter that much. This is, this is the kind of stuff, but Cornell West, if you're buying stock, he's low right now. I would, I would buy some Cornell West stock. Um, but let me get to some uh, some opinions on this. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Let's go to Jared in New York City. Hey, Jared, welcome aboard the middle. Hey, Anthony, how you doing today, man? Good, thank you. So it, when they, in 2016, when you look at Jill Stein supporters and they were polled, I don't think they had as much of an effect as people think, because many of those at least claim that they were only out there voting for Jill Stein and they weren't necessarily going to be voting for Hillary. But I do think, as you had said uh, just a moment ago, Cornell West, I think his supporters are Democrats, left Democrats who are disgruntled with Joe Biden. So I think it's more of a factor this time around than it was in 2016, because I don't really think Jill Stein affected it as much as, as people think. She had about one percent in most of those close states where it was about that one percent margin. And I think her voters would have stayed home. What do you, what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, That's the problem with doing counterfactuals. You're exactly right, Jared. You, you, you don't know for sure. Um, and I know that a lot of Jill Stein supporters were mortified when they found out that they're at least nominally, at least according to the numbers, they were getting, you know, 60,000 votes in Wisconsin and Hillary only lost by 40,000 votes. Um, so that could be the case. I guess Jared is kind of ag- agreeing with the idea, and I appreciate the call. Call us again, Jared, agreeing with the idea that Cornell West is a more appealing person, a more appealing candidate. And has a more direct coming at Joe Biden from his left, from kind of a vulnerable kind of space. You know, Joe Biden, let's not forget, as much as we love the rhetoric around Joe Biden is a socialist, he's, he's controlled by AOC, he was the moderate. Now, he's run as a fair, he's governed as a fairly left guy, but he was the moderate in the field, and a lot of people think he hasn't, still on the left, don't think he's done enough. Someone like Cornell West, He's going to come directly at that soft spot, but but maybe Jared is right. Maybe these are people that wouldn't come out otherwise. Let's see what David in the Bronx says. Uh, go ahead, David. Thanks for joining us again. Yes, good afternoon, Anthony. Um, one thing about Jill Stein that a lot of people forget, uh, first of all, she's running Cornell West uh, campaign, but she also had a uh, dinner in Moscow with Vladimir Putin and Michael Flynn before she started running for president in 2016. A lot of people don't even know about that. And Russia spent a lot of resources pushing the Green Party in 2016. Let's see if they try that again in 2024. But on Cornell West, I agree with you. He does have appeal, especially to younger voters who don't know any better. And as a Democrat, we're going to have to spend money educating these voters on how dangerous this man is to a possible uh, re-election of Donald Trump. Because if these young people buy all this nonsense coming from Cornell West, who will never be president, they will hand the election to Donald Trump. That's what it's going to come down to. And that worries me constantly. Well, that's exactly I mean, I appreciate, David. That was a pretty good summary. I had left out the part and perhaps I shouldn't have the part about Jill Stein clearly being an orchestrated troublemaker candidate for Hillary. 
And that happens from time to time. Sometimes, you know, look, let's face it. The reason that there's so much money coming in and so much interest in RFK and there's so much fascinating with RFK, it's to be a troublemaker for Joe Biden, not because these, these, these Republicans, you know, I mean, the guy should be running in the Republican primary. But as it relates to Jill Stein's funding, Jill Stein's motivations and Cornell West, remember in that litany of, of, of lefty language, you know, at, at the end was, you know, stop, you know, stopping the massacre or the killing of people in, 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 in Ukraine. He has a very pro-Russia stance, I and mean, I don't know how else to put it. So I'm not – it's not beyond the realm of possibility that once again the Green Party is being used for this purpose. But the most important point that was made there is one that I think bears repeating, and that is that um, – and that is that if we don't do a much better job as Democrats educating – like again, Joe Manchin, he's going to get a lot of attention. RFK is going to get a lot of attention. We have to stare at, at Cornell West and say, listen, this is a real problem for us. And so far, Democrats haven't done it. I think the Republicans know it. I think the Republicans, because they have gone out of their way to kind of sit on their heads, make sure that, you know, that, that there wasn't anything to jam him up. There wasn't, you know, I, I think the Republicans are smarter on this kind of party politics. Um, so let's go to a break. When we come back, we'll take a, a, a few more calls about this. Also, some people are on the board who want to talk about a few other issues. And um, it's great to have you along. We have uh, Ava and Jake on the other side. I'm here until 3 o'clock. Curtis is then coming in for left versus right. This is The Middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. So great to have you. to the middle. I said the music was going to be based on the number three. This one's a little bit of a stretch, but for our British listener, listener, that's three, three lions. That's the lightning seeds. See the number three. But since we're talking about soccer, since that's a soccer kind of anthem kind of thing, the Women's World Cup won their first match. They beat Vietnam, I think, three to, what do I say, nil? And that's, that's where I'm such a jerk. Um, and I did see that Messi free kick, his first game playing for, um, for Miami. Man, that's a great way to start. He, he had, you gotta go look at the video. He had, he had a, a free kick to win the game and he did it the way Messi does it. Jordan's into soccer. He'll explain me what was going on. Even though he has no access to TV or electronics or anything, that's the great thing about camp. He's completely unplugged. Um, looking forward to seeing him. Got an update from Kevin on Operation Get Jordan His Fast Food. The only fast food, the only Shake Shack that's available upstate New York, unless people know any better, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222, is the Shake Shack located in the Saratoga Springs racetrack. So apparently that's open until 9. So Kevin's going to grab his whatever, and then I guess we're going to keep it in the hotel room. Or I don't know what we're going to do with the food overnight. But one of the things Jordan has been complaining about is his stomach, and he hasn't been eating, so I want to get him all that. So anyway, so that's the... 
brief soccer update. That's the number three. We're talking about third parties. Let's get back to the very excellent phone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. If you want to get in on Facebook, Anthony D. Wiener, and I think it's the same thing on Threads, Anthony D. Wiener. I've got like four followers, so if you want to be in the top ten, one of my top ten followers, you have a chance to do it. All right, first let's go to Sal in Staten Island. Hey, Sal, welcome back. Hey, Anthony Wiener. Hey, Sal. Anyway, I want to say that uh, third parties can be a good thing because – if it wasn't for uh, John Anderson, we would have been stuck with another eight years of Jimmy Carter, and, and he was probably the most inept uh, other than Biden and Bush Jr., Bush Sr., and Clinton. And I'm going to tell you something that's going to knock your socks off. I was in the only Staten Island Salvation Army store a few, maybe a week or so ago. I've been trying to get a voucher for American veterans in wheelchairs in the same clothes for 13 months. Salvation Army, as all the charities have career shops, get everything for free. They're not a regular retail store. So a long story short, back and forth, the federal VA, back and forth, Salvation Army, they're calling each other. They're not going to issue any vouchers for American veterans. But there were 13 strapping young men, able-bodied in their 20s and 30s, from Central Latin, South American, and Arabic countries, illegal aliens, given Salvation Army, given Salvation Army vouchers and from the city of New York at New York expense. That is an injustice, just as $13 billion as the nine asswipe Adams is going to spend on illegal invaders. While American veterans are out in the elements, and New York City doesn't have a uh, retirement home for American veterans city run, the richest city in the world and the only city, major American city, doesn't have a city run. That- well well done. Sorry, Sal. I, I, thought, I thought you were doing well done, Sal. Thank you for that summary. Next, let's go to Oz in New Jersey. Go ahead, Oz. Congressman Wiener, I actually wanted to talk about the podcast, if I could just deviate from what you've been talking about. Which, which podcast? Uh, which, which, the, but, one, the, the one that you did. Oh, the one oh, that oh was, yeah, the one I went down. For those of you who are tuning in late, I did a podcast uh, in South Florida, went down there for the, for the day. And yes, go ahead, Oz. Well, I have to tell you, first of all, uh, I've seen this guy's podcast before. I, I think you were magnificent the way you handled it. I got to tell you. OK, I look at this guy and forgive me, but he's like the, the stupid person's idea of a smart person. Um, obviously, he was very thin skinned because he got offended because you asked him what his name was. I mean, really? At the end, I guess he got frustrated. Um, you kept going back to that stupid list that he had about, you know, what, I, what was he implying that the Clintons murdered these people? They were the if that's true, they're the worst mass murderers in history. You know, so I think you handled that extremely well. Well, I, I appreciate it. And, and any, anything else you want? Because this is not that interesting for people who are listening to the radio because they didn't see this. Okay, well, well, right, but then, I appreciate it's very, ki- it's very kind of you. I appreciate it. He, had the, he was very presumptuous to think that your legacy was going to be what you went through. I think your legacy is still to be written. I think you're, you're very, very tough. I think you would have been a fantastic mayor. And I, I really have every um, – uh, respect for you i just needed to tell that, you that. well that's it's very kind of you to say i appreciate it. look it was an experience for me and thank you oz call us again it was an experience for me going on kind of a different format i'm looking for ways to promote the show to promote the station to tell the story of wabc the story of of what john katsvatidis has done here and but you realize that there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of crap out there there's a, and a lot of people who say who and what it is about these conspiracy theories and i is that that Conspiracy theories are the hobgoblins of little minds, right? Everyone wants to have some kind of perfect narrative for everything that goes on. And 
So, and also, you know, I was talking to Matt about this before we went on the air. About, I'm sorry to Kevin about this before we went on the air. Also, so many people, particularly younger people, have no faith in the institutions of our society, no faith in the media, earned, no faith in the financial markets, earned, no faith in politicians, earned. All of this lack of faith is earned by the actions of those institutions. So what rushes in? What rushes in in these cases are blowhards with microphones pretending they know stuff and just basically regurgitating the worst stuff that people say on the Internet. And I guess one of the reasons why I got so hot under the collar is, I mean, first, a lot of these conspiracy theories at the bottom of them are anti-Semitic, including the ones that RFK has been spouting. But another thing is I know that in 9-11, there were so many conspiracy theories, 9-11 denialists, and whose families are so affronted by this, like knowing the truth and understanding the truth and having the truth be told about what th- those families, particularly the, the the first responders and 343 firefighters, t- t- you you defile that memory. And when this this guy on this show is like, he's listing these names. How did this, you know, this person, that person, this random people, including people in, in the military. Like Hillary Clinton killed these people. What, what are you talking about? Anyway, so I appreciate Oz calls and call and saying some nice things about it. But but again, it's pretty boring for anyone um, who, uh, uh, who who uh, who hadn't seen it. Um, next, let's go to um, the, 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 let's just go to Al and Yonkers. He has an interesting take. Go ahead, Al. Good afternoon, Congressman. Uh, third party candidates mean a lot. Uh, we can go back to 1912 with the Bull Moose Party with Theodore Roosevelt. We can move it up in 68, uh, like him or not at the time. Uh, George Wallace gained 10 million votes, won more than a few states in the South. Uh, 1980, John Anderson really didn't have effect. Your, your yeah, that, previous, that, that, that uh, wasn't right. Yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, you, you know, he didn't, uh, he had no influence in that race. So as we move forward, uh, of course, we know what uh, Ross Perot took from George Bush Sheener in 92. And, of course, we know about Ralph Nader. Uh, the two candidates they're talking about now, Joe Manchin and Cornel West, Mr. West, uh, it takes a lot of work to get on the ballot. You have to get qualified in each state. So I don't know if Mr. West, at the end of the day, is just talking a lot or if he's going to really do it. Well, let me just, let me just, let me just, and and I'm going to let you finish out, but let me just make one correction on that. Parties like the Green Party have the advantage that they have ballot lines in all 50 states already. Um, now, when some people say, oh, RFK is going to run as an independent, then you're getting into the realm of real difficult things to do. But established parties like the Green Party, they have an infrastructure. You basically just have to be nominated by their party and then you're in. But go ahead, I'll finish your point. Oh, no, that's it. But I do think if uh, West gets in, that would be a good thing. Uh, that would guarantee Donald Trump's election. Uh, if Joe Manchin gets in, uh, you know, I don't know if he draws from both, meaning Joe Biden, if he's the candidate and Donald Trump. But at the end of the day, I think Manchin would pull more from Biden, just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so the 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 man who knows Manchin. I mean, the important thing to keep in mind, and I'll give us a great little historical summary of this. The important thing to remember is the difference that has emerged over the course of decades is that we are becoming a more and more, um, a more and more divided country, 
and a more and more politicized country, meaning that people are less likely to move from their political leanings, which is why doing a show like this sometimes is a challenge. Because, again, I always reiterate, I don't need you to abandon your political views when you come here. Keep them, hold them. But even to engage in a conversation is sometimes difficult. Even if you look at the way media has decided to do it, since there are so many people one side or the other and there's not much movement, we're just going to pick one of those lanes and do it all the time. That's not the case here at WBC. Like we, they, there's me and there's also Bo Snerdly and there's also um, Rudy Giuliani. So we do it a little bit differently. But the challenge becomes in that dynamic is a third party then is not trying to get 20% to win anymore. Just one or two percent of movement away from one of the parties and suddenly you're changing an election from being a one point election to being a three point election. Suddenly you're, you, you might be changing the outcome of the election. And the way I introduced this subject was to say that I don't think that the I don't think we're focusing on the right thing. The no labels thing is getting a lot of attention. Robert Kennedy getting a lot of attention. I think we are not paying attention to the fact that 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 as Al points out, you know, Cornell West. All right, maybe he'll decide not to run, but if he does, he's got a party. He doesn't have to go out and create one. He doesn't have to go out and raise that much money. He has a party. He just has to kind of show up. And he's the kind of candidate also. I mean, imagine this. Just think about this for a minute. Cornell West shows up at the campus of the University of Wisconsin-Madison. He'll fill a room. He'll fill a, he'll fill a big room. They, they'll get a lot. I can see that. You, you heard that, that clip. You can see him animating a lot of voters. And young voters are the least attached to Joe Biden right now. Now, he, he's leading among young voters by a lot with, um, against against Trump. But that's the ones that are least connected, least attached. They've only voted for him once, if that many times. So that's why Cornell, Cornell West um, poses a risk. And let's go to a break. And when we come back, we'll have some final calls. And then Curtis Lee will come in for left versus right. We're going to talk about Eric Adams and standing like a traffic cop at the border got to be other things he can be doing. And I hope we get a chance to talk a little bit about congestion pricing. He and I are both mass transit guys, but this is going to impact us some. It's Anthony Weiner. It's the middle. So grateful you're along, and we'll see you on the other side. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. So welcome back to the middle. Any guesses on why that is in the the three theme song batch today? If Kevin a bit. I know if Sliwa was here, he would get it. So it's the middle. We're going to take you to three o'clock. Then Curtis Sliwa comes in for left versus right. That's right. Rush has three members. They're one of those bands that has three. So there it is, the three. Um, got a, a text on thread saying that the Green Party is no longer on the general election ballot from K. Trafa general election ballot in New York State. And I believe that's right. They can still petition to get on the ballot. New York State's not one of the states where it's going to make that much of a difference. Biden will win this one by 30 points, probably. So let's go back to the calls until the top of the hour. Joe in Long Island. Joe, welcome back. Yes, hello. Uh, I have a, a sincere question. I was, I've been listening. Uh, with the uh, illegal aliens, uh, the people that believe in global warming, why would you bring people that have hardly any carbon footprint t- 
to a place where they're going to expand their carbon footprint maybe a thousand times because it's a hoax. Uh, all of this bullshit is a hoax. All right. It's all a hoax. All right. Well, okay. that was probably the most incoherent call we've gotten, and I have gotten some incoherent calls, um, but that's probably the most incoherent. The carbon footprint is in is a thing in the world, in the globe. And by the way, you think you think that global climate change is not going to lead more to more undocumented people showing up at our doorsteps? What do you think is going on? What do you think is causing so much migration in the world right now? If you can't live where you used to live or you don't have famine or you have an unsustainable economy, you're going to go someplace. And where do people go to the United States if you care, if you only care about immigration? And you don't care at all about global climate change. You're getting your priorities wrong. If you want to stop undocumented people from showing up at our doorstep or coming into our country, global climate change is leading to people leaving where they live. If they lived in coastal places, if they were farming certain things they can't do anymore, when a family is starving, they get up and leave. That's what they do. And when someone gets up and leave, where are they going more times than not to our border? By the way, you don't have to be, you don't have to be concerned about immigration. Be concerned about your friends in Phoenix. 119 degrees it's going to be this week. The longest streak of 110 plus degree days in, in Phoenix's history. Listen to my podcast about this, the, the, the heat emergency, the idea like maybe Biden should declare a heat emergency. Look, I, 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 I'm not a expert. I just read stuff. <laughs> you know? And I and I go outside and I see how hot it is. Anyway, so great to have you along today. This was a great episode. If you missed any part of it, it'll be available as a podcast almost as soon as we get off the air. That's how fast Kevin works because he didn't get the rush question right. I really want to thank Ava and Jake for helping us out today. All the callers were, were really great. If you want to reach me, wienerwabc at gmail.com, at, at, at gmail.com, at repwiener. I encourage you to tune into the podcast, The Middle Unplugged. That drops on Wednesday. I will see you here again, God willing, on Saturday next week. And if you stick around till after the news break, Curtis Lee will be coming in for Left versus Right. I'm really grateful for your support, and I'm praying for good things for you and your family. Take care. <laughs>